you know, so we, we give God praise and we just thank God, yeah, that people are getting well. It's only eternity that will be able to see all the people that we touched. So I tell everybody, please don't wait till you get sick. Don't wait till you can't breathe. Everybody needs to have hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in their medicine cabinet. Get it. Go on our website, drstellarmd.com. Use promo code DEFIANT. You get 5% off. If you don't get it, if you wait till you get sick, by the time we mail it to you, it might be two or three days and you'll be going through serious panic. People have ended up in the hospital because they didn't know this information. Share the information with everybody you know. Give them the promo code DEFIANT. It doesn't matter. Even they don't watch this show. So that they can get this thing, keep it in their medicine cabinet. We don't know what else is going to happen. The last time I heard there was a fluoro, they had fluorona, they had delta crown, they had omni, delta, I don't know. They, it looks like they just cook up something at Davos and then create some name and throw it out there and start harassing us. So just make sure whether it's fluorocron, delta crown, or whatever, omnicron, they are all sensitive to hydroxychloroquine and isomectin. Here is the part, here is the thing, right? There are some doctors that are hydroxychloroquine only. There are some other doctors that are ivermectin only. only. Yep. There are other ones that are bestinite only. That's not what we do. When we get somebody gets sick, we have a whole cocktail. We give them hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide. We give them uh, a Z pack. We give them baby aspirin to stop them from getting blood clots. We give them a steroid to stop the inflammation. We give them so you know something. So it's a whole cocktail. It's not one medicine. And people I, always tell me, well, I got sick, and what do I do? What, should I increase my dose? I said, no, go back to the website, sign up as a, a repeat patient, and get treated properly. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Virus style. Virus style. Who had flu ain't nothing to fuck with? Who had flu ain't nothing to fuck with? Who had flu ain't nothing to fuck with? There's no place to hide once the virus sleeps outside. The lab, Dr. Zhu, prepared a kung flu plan. Who had insert the HIV, then spread to humans, bringing death, pestilence. It's the fourth horse meeting flesh. More than plant parenthood abortions. An event to a one second death. The gates bound. Simulation death fed, gloves, masks, planetary quarantine, 40 cents for one dose of hydroxychloroquine. Now G and Burks, big pharma vaccinators, came to test the kids, lungs damaged by ventilators. Weaver, who is that? Harvard nano rat, level four, biohazard trader, risk, autograph, population, reducer, who pneumonic aim, boomer, remove a flu man, shoe, bubonic plague. Let's judge.
postal service yo man we're praying we're praying for our brothers and our sisters in the uk spain france italy we're praying for all those struggling the sick the poor impoverished the elderly peace to the whistleblowers dr Sai fan lee winling ming lin china that And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved, better half. v Hello, Patriots. And this one is a special today, as it is our Kovac special, yeah. which is filling in for our Truth Spiracy, uh, third episode of Truth Spiracy. Fourth. Fourth episode of Truth Spiracy. Truth Spiracy. My yes. bad. Yes. And uh, today, we are joined with a bunch of different people, um, and I'm getting uh, different things. Hold on a second. Okay. I can't well, hear you. We're going to bring other people in uh, real quick. We've got uh, Deplorable Janet with us from Deplorable Nation. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much for having me back again. It's a pleasure to be here. Always love to have you, Janet. And of course, we also have Medic Matt with us, who always comes back to us. Yep. Like a boomerang, my friend. Like a boomerang. Boomerang. <laughs> and then on top of that, we have our special guest, uh, Ernest, uh, who's having some difficulties give me just one second um can you unmute him from there i'm trying to there we go ernest can you unmute yourself unmute yourself ernest i can't hear anything just electrical static there you go you're uh, we can hear you, you now we yeah. can hear you now i can't can you? hear y'all i can't hear it. i think your uh headset's going oh, no. huh can you hear us i don't hear nothing i can't hear anything hmm weird it sounds like a lot of chirp a lot of chirping and like like a short electrical short. All right, stand yeah. by real quick. Somebody so, doesn't want me to talk to you to tell you the truth. It sounds that way. Give me one second. I'm gonna. Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yes, we can hear you. Weird. Absolutely odd. Even when I shut the earpiece off, I can't hear. Huh? Um, can you go in the chat and tell them to uh, drop out of the stream and come back in? Yeah, I can. I can do that. Ernest, we're going to have you pop out of the stream. Yeah. It sounds like some alien talking or something. I can't hear anything, really. Yeah. The chat. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. we're going to. Yeah, I heard a voice now. Oh, you can hear nope. us now. Shit. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody don't want. Someone doesn't want me talking to y'all. So I Ernest, was hearing y'all fine earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you pop out of the stream and come back in? Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't going to work. Look at the chat. I wish chat. I could record this so you can hear it. Chat. Look, look at the chat. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. Hold on. I'll write a note. Yeah, hold on, yeah. hold on. I see, I see your yeah. figure. I, I, you, uh. Look at the chat, the chat. There he is. I think he's Can you see that? Okay, all right. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Okay. What? Are you there? Yep. 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 Oh. Uh, let me let me log out and I'll try to get back in. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So okay. either way. So today, uh, Kovacs, we have not talked. We have not done a Kovacs special in a hot minute. About three months. We do it generally every quarter. So that's, and that's about right. We're, we're, Matt, we're I, I know you've got a bunch of updates because you're back in free England, as I like <laughs> to call it now. It's become known as free England. Yes. Where we're yeah, right. sitting in the communist democratic states of the United States of America. And uh, Janet, uh, she's obviously uh, 
with us. There we go. And I think Ernest, Ernest, can you hear us now? Yeah. All right. There we go, sir. Yes, I can hear you now. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, it was it was bad. I couldn't (laughs) couldn't hear anything. That happens sometimes. So, um, and and Janet's uh, just recovering from the Wuhan flu, huh? So, um, we'll we'll talk about her experience as well. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with Ernest because. Yes, sir. I don't know uh, if he can stick around for the whole time. So, um, and you guys know that I, I always love to bring the tearjerkers out, real people's stories to the forefront in these specials because we talk about data and statistics and numbers and stories all day long. But if if you don't humanize it, it's it's just numbers. You know, it doesn't mean anything. And they're not just numbers. These are real people that we're talking about. These are real people who've lost loved ones or who are injured, who have lost their lives in more ways than one, um, more than just their lives. So I think uh, it's so important to really bring the real stories to the forefront. And Ernest is gracious enough to come on today and tell his story, but his story is quite quite the tearjerker. And he actually told it at uh, Senator Johnson's roundtable discussion about uh, vaccine injuries. So we're going to play that clip rather than have Ernest tell that story again, because um, uh, live on the show, because I want to talk to him about what's happened since then. And um, uh, it, it'd be very hard, I think, to keep his composure, telling the story uh, at the start. Another time. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we're going to start with that, start with the clip from Senator Johnson's um, roundtable discussion, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There we go. Can you see me? No, I don't think we can yet. No, I don't think I gotta, so either. I got to drop. Okay. Can we? Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, that's going to work. Okay. Nope, it's not. No. It's not working. I don't know. What the fuck is going on? What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. I didn't do anything. Okay. Sure you didn't. Um, there it is. There it is. That's okay. It. Here we go. The audio gets better after a second. Does it work? Yeah. I'm from Edinburgh, Texas. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was a father of a 16-year-old son, a single parent. I raised my boy since he was a baby. He meant the world to me. I got the vaccine to protect my son. And uh, after in March, April, they're announcing how it was safe for teenagers. Me and my son have never been apart. We're always together. He was my best friend. I always told him it was being you against the world. He was a good, at the age of seven, he wanted to play baseball. So I ended up coaching Little League Baseball for seven years. He was a a heck of a baseball player. Then he was telling me he he wanted to join the Air Force. So I said, good, that's good. I'll back you up on anything you want to do. He joined ROTC in high school. He was always full of smiles. Anybody that knew my son would see he was happy. Uh, I wasn't rich, but I gave him everything he wanted. We didn't lack for anything. We used to go fishing, camping, do everything. We got the Pfizer vaccine because I thought it was to protect him. I thought it was the right thing to do. It was like playing Russian roulette. My government lied to me. They said it was safe. Now I go home to an empty house where I used to get, wake them up, I'd give them a hug and a kiss, tell them I'm going to school. 
don't miss school. I'd get home from work. He'd come running out. He knew when I'd get home, he'd come running out, give me a hug. I'd give him a kiss, a hug. What do you want to go eat today? And like I said, he, he was my baby boy. Everybody knew. We're always together. Like I said, next week is his birthday. You know what? I better celebrate his birthday at. While everybody, once we leave here, they're going to forget about what we're doing or what they talk about, what we said here. They're going to be enjoying time with their family and kids. Thanksgiving, I'm going to spend at the cemetery. Christmas at that cemetery. They need to quit pushing this on their children. I'm, I lost mine. Y'all need to protect yours. They're, they're, they're trying to target the 5 to 12-year-olds. We're going to have more deaths in our hands than they planned. And they say, it's worth the risk. It wasn't worth the risk to me. My son was a world. He meant the world to me. They could never give him back to me. That's all I wanted, my son back. So don't make the mistake I did. I did it because I thought it was the correct thing to do. It wasn't. It was not. Like I said, I've always said I love the hell out of my country, but I don't trust my government anymore. I'm here because I'm Junior's voice. I'm doing this in my son's honor. If I can protect one or two children, that means the world to me. And I'm going to continue this fight. I don't know why I ended up here. Something told me to come here. And I know this is not my, the end of the road for me. I'm going to continue. I'm, I'll find out where the next stop is. We need to protect our children. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Mr. Johnson, thank you. I really appreciate you talking to me and helping everybody, not just me, everybody, every one of us that's going through this deal. I mean, like I said, what they did to my son, they knew what was happening. I consider that murder. Because in December 17th, 2020, they did a study. And they knew they caused heart conditions in teenagers. Why wasn't this information released until October 1st this year? If we would have known this, my son would be here with me. So I figured, like I said, they murdered my son. And the other people that are suffering, these kids with all these side effects, that's child abuse right there. I mean, why isn't something being done? I mean, this should be pushed. We don't let anybody hurt our children. We put our lives in front of our children. Why, why are they doing this to our kids, man? Like I said, I have nothing else to live. I'll lose. I mean, everybody needs to stand up with me. We all need to fight together. At least make a do better test to make sure we're not going to hurt any more children. I'm sorry. Thank you. So uh, that, uh, wow. That's, that's a hell of a way to start the show. Yeah, huh? yeah that's uh <laughs> I that's had to a, leave and go get a box of tissues. Uh, Ernest, sir, first of all, uh, yes, sir. I'd like to say just from the bottom of my heart, uh, we appreciate you being here today and understand everything that you're going through, understand everything you were going through there when you were talking to Congress. Uh, and uh, oh. give sympathies to you and your family for your loss. Uh, I hope to God things have gotten better. Uh, I hope to God you do realize that you have doing what you did. You did save more kids. There's a lot of people out there that are appreciative for what you said that day. And I hope to God that a whole bunch of parents heard that and said, Hey, you know what? I am not, I'm not going to subject my children to this jab. And not only that, I think what you said that day saved more kids in more ways than that, because when you described your relationship with your son, honestly, it made me feel almost 
lacking as a parent. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as good of a parent as, as, as you are. And I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I, I need to, I need to spend more time with my children and appreciate them the way that you did your son, because they could be gone tomorrow and not just from the jab, exactly. which you love them, but from anything. And I hope more parents feel that way after hearing your testimony, because, you know, uh, love can make such a difference w without, without love in your life. What's the point? So, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. So what has come from that? Since you, since you testified on, on Capitol Hill, what has come from that? Uh, well, see that since then, uh, well, that was in November because uh, I've been, you know, since before, even before then, that's when Senator Ron Johnson heard the story for the first time. I went, I've been to Austin twice. I spoke at uh, Texas for uh, Vaccine Choice. And then I guess that's where it started blowing up because it's a four hour drive back for me and uh, I, my phone started blowing up. I mean, I don't know how the people got my number or whatever, which I don't mind. I give my number out to everyone. Uh, but I was getting calls from California that day. A friend of mine, she, she, you know, she was with me there and you know, the support. And she goes, who keeps texting you and who keeps calling you? I said, I don't know. You know, because, you know, me going through this, I lost a lot of friends because they're, they're afraid of the government, which is fine. That shows who your true friends are. Um, so, you know, it just started blowing up. And then, like I said, the second time I spoke in front of the Senate in Austin, and that's, I guess that's where the Senator Ron Johnson heard. And he asked me, he said, uh, they had, someone had asked me, what am I going to do now? I said, well, I don't know. You know, I was just starting out and I said, something inside me tells me to take it to D.C. And uh, so Senator Ron Johnson heard about it and he called me, asked if he could have a meeting with me. And I said, sure. So we had a video conference and he asked me, what are your plans? I said, I don't know, sir. Something tells me to go to DC and I have no plans. I'm going to ride my motorcycle up there to get more attention. I'm going to go knock on the front gate, see if Biden answers the door. I don't know. You know, he goes, just wait. He goes, let me meet you there and I'll set something up. So that's why I really appreciate him because so far he's the only one that stood up. Cause I've called, I've emailed and called our governor uh, Abbott no response to this day i uh i was asked to file with fema for funeral assistance and i gave them everything they asked for and they they denied it and i told them okay no problem i'll take care of it myself and so i went to dc and then from there i was asked to go to irving texas to uh another event with all the doctors there and then uh, the reawaken tour and then uh, i was also asked to go to the COVID summit in nashville and then, you know, I went to uh, different places. I've been going, speaking anywhere they asked me to go, I'll, I'll go, I, you know, I need to, I said, I got to do this. I have to do this. It's something uh, I feel my son's pushing me to do because I always taught my son, you need to be a man. You need to get respect and you need to give respect. And I feel if I don't do this, I can hear him in the back of my head saying that you need to practice what you preach. So that's why I do what I do. And, uh, Anyway, so after I did that, uh, I was in D.C. with Senator Ron Johnson in November. I, I'm like, like I said, I met Dr. Peter McCullough, who did who reviewed my son's autopsy and verified it was a Pfizer vaccine that killed my son. And then I also met Dr. Uh, uh, Malone, wonderful gentleman. I love that hell out of all these doctors, Dr. Witcher and uh, uh, his wife, beautiful people. And the only bad thing about bad and good thing about it, I met all these vaccine victims along the way. Brianne, uh, little Maddie, Steph, I mean, so many people. I mean, it's like family now. You know, I lost so many friends, but I gained so many true friends now. So uh, even though in December, after I got back from Irving, uh, Dr. Malone texted me and he asked me, He's just checking on me to see how I'm doing. I guess because of the holidays, he was worried about me, which made me feel wonderful that Dr. Malone actually thought of me. And, you know, I, was, I had a smile, you know. And then uh, a little while later, I get a phone call, and I thought it maybe was another doctor. So, you know, my heart was opening up. And uh, 
it happened to be FEMA. FEMA called me and asked me, uh, they needed more, told me they need more paperwork for my son. Uh, I said, look, you have all this paperwork. And, uh, you, you know, I said, you already denied me. So I appreciate it. I told you I'd take care of it myself. I appreciate it. Thank you anyway. So we're on and off. They had me on and off hold for a while. She told me, Mr. Ramirez, can you change your son's death certificate so that it says COVID so we can help you financially? I said, no, I won't be doing that. She goes, hold on just a minute. She put me on hold again. And then she got back on. She goes, yes, sir. That's all we need you to, we need you to do. And then we can help you financially. I said, I already told you no. I mean, this was going on for 45 minutes or more. And I kept telling her, I won't do that. And I finally got tired of it. And I told her, look, whoever you're talking to or whoever's listening in, I said, I already told y'all, I will not be changing my son's death certificate. I said, I will not uh, falsify documents for financial gain. I said, that's disrespecting my son. And I won't do that. I said, you and anybody else that is listening in to this conversation, if y'all have any more uh, questions, you want to know me, about me or, or my son, I said, Google my name. You'll find out who we are, and that's all you need to know. And, you know, she, uh, I just left it at that. I said, please delete that application and leave me alone. And this lady actually lowered her voice to a whisper and told me, Mr. Ramirez, I'm so sorry. And she hung up. And I figured they're trying to get me, and they offered me ten to thirty-five thousand dollars if I chase his death certificate. And uh, I said, no, I won't do that. And I and just before I went to D.C. for the Pete the mandate again, and to speak with uh, Senator Ron Johnson, I get another email from FEMA asking me to contact them. It's very important, and I ignored them. I didn't even answer back. I sent that email to. Uh, a lot of lawyer, different lawyers that I've met along the way. I sent it to I sent it to Steve Kirsch also because he he was I let him know what was going on too because it looks like he likes to get out there too. You know he found me and he started helping me out trying to spread my son's story also. So I mean it's been ongoing. Actually I didn't think it was going to blow up this big. I thought I was going to have to fight harder to get more attention. But thank God that. I had met a lot of people along the way that are trying to help me spread this news to try to wake people up, you know, to open their eyes. And uh, so next week, uh, hopefully everything goes right. I'm supposed to be in San Diego at the uh, Reawaken America tour again. And then after that, we have that uh, defeat the mandate, save the children in Los Angeles, if it doesn't get postponed again. And then sometime along the way, uh, I was asked to, if I'd be willing to speak in front of the FDA. And I said, well, they were invited to both round tables with Senator Johnson, FDA, CDC, everyone, and no one showed up. And now we finally got the opportunity to talk to them. And I, I actually wanted to be there physically, you know, face to face. I mean, this, these are the type of people I don't do. I don't want to do it over a video. I want to be able to look in their eyes and I want them to respond because I, you, you know, you and me know they're not going to answer. They're just going to listen and they're not going to give no response. I already know that off the bat. So I figure I, I get a better reaction if I'm there face to face with them. So real quick, sir, just cause I feel like a jackass cause I didn't ask it. I didn't ask it. What's your son's name? Ernesto jr. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure that we all understand that's who we're talking about is Ernesto Jr. And uh, you're going to be going again. I I I look forward to that because uh, more more parents like you need to stand up and start saying stuff exactly what you're saying right now and questioning these people saying, hey, why did you push this? Why was this such a push if you didn't know? Or if you did know, why did you still push it anyway? Because no, exactly what you said right there in the opener there with what you well, said. Well, they did know. Exactly. They That's my know. point. That's my point. If Congress, if they knew, why aren't they, you know, why aren't they stopping? Why aren't they, why are they still pushing it? To this day, they're pushing it. They're trying to make it legit for five and six-year-olds to get this vaccine now and uh, trying to push it through the, you know, the minors. I mean, this is, this is way more than just, you know, a 16-year-old kid. This, now we're talking about four, five, six-year-olds that are going to be getting this vaccine. 
and this type of thing, this could be the outcome. And of course, our camera's going straight for you again. <laughs> but <laughs> they they did know because um, you know you know they in December seventeenth, two thousand twenty, FDA and the manufacturers had a meeting, and they had the results. They didn't release all that information till uh, was it, October first. 2020, uh, 21, months after my son passed away. And you know, the insert, uh, January, February, March, <clears throat> the insert on that uh, so-called vaccine said nothing about myocarditis. It wasn't until June that they added that to the insert. That, that, that was, you, I mean, you can look back if you can, and it says nothing about myocarditis until June, you know, after my son passed away. I mean, these, these are things that they knew about, but they didn't release to us. And then I don't know if you realize too. Have, have you noticed all of a sudden COVID disappeared? Yeah, Putin killed COVID it. COVID disappeared now, didn't it? Not, yep. but they're still pushing the vaccine. There, there was no insert. There was no insert until uh, almost almost June. Yeah. There was nothing. Everything it was. This page was intentionally left blank. That's what was inside the box. I can tell you. I can attest to it. I'm pretty sure Janet can too, as well. And I'm almost positive Matt can as well because we've seen the vaccine. We've seen the boxes with the vaccine in it, and there was nothing. It said that this page was intentionally left blank. And I'm sitting there going, "Well, wait a minute. This is the page that would tell oh, yeah, you exactly." Now. Yeah. what the side effects are and now that only now have well, they talking started. about last year yes. last year last about. year they did have it yeah um do me a favor babe the next i believe it might be the next clip up here but there's there should be one up here that's um the list no keep going um that one there we put, go put that up you All are right. absolutely right they did know it and um so a judge has finally authorized the release of the clinical trial data from Pfizer uh, or insisted upon it because for Pfizer wanted to keep it from us for 75 years or so. Um, we're going to put this up on the screen. This is just... Give me one second. This is adverse events and... Yeah, good luck with that, baby. I know. I, I just, just scroll down so that people can see there's pages upon pages. They're not bullet points. It is running in small font. And it's it's like nine continuous pages of adverse events, one after another after another. And the very first COVAX special we did um, with Janet, we went through the list of adverse events that the, the FDA had put out. That's the end of it right there. Right. I know you can't read it. But it looks like um, hieroglyphics to everybody else right now. Just I have it. Our, 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 our Zoom is. But I, ha the, I have that sheet. Yep. I, mean, I, I the, do too. I just they, want that. That was that, no, that was sent to me last week. It was as soon as it was leaked out, I received that copy. Yep. I mean, because I believe I believe they sent it to me because they knew I was going to put it out there. Yeah. And as soon as I got it, I started sending it everywhere to everyone. You know, because I mean, I'm already getting in enough trouble as it is. What are they going to do me to me now? They already killed me. What else are they going to do to me? Yeah, I, you know, I no longer have fear. And and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's all the way through. I mean, it starts out a death all the way through acute, uh, disseminated, uh, and I can't even pronounce that yeah, one. That's the very one of big first words. side effect. The number one side effect on this list is death. Yep. That's what they start out with, death. And that's just uh, absolutely the wrongest thing yes, in the world. Now. Yes. So, I mean, they call oh, it. What about, what about these little girls that, uh, I don't know if you. What's up? Go ahead. Have you heard about these uh, three little girls? Uh, that, uh, so far, I only know of three. That are, that are what? What about the no, three little girls? Are you there? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, what that, Oh, I think it was five, six, and a five, six, and a ten-year-old that were hemorrhaging real bad. Babies, we're talking about babies now, and that they had to be sent to the emergency room and uh, have a hysterectomy. Baby, oh. after they got vaccinated, these are babies. They have no business going through this issue, and uh, and they're still pushing this vaccine or so-called vaccine. They're still pushing it on the children. And it's not not only. Well, I don't. Is, I mean, one it, death is already too many. 
Exactly. And it's not only like for what you like what you just said, it's not only just the government, but I mean, you've got people like Fox News, NBC, CBS, ABC, AON, uh, Newsmax, uh, AON, Newsmax. No, OAN didn't take the money. They didn't take the money. Um, you got so many people that are out there pushing the vaccine like it's not a big deal. Like, hey, just get because your vaccine. Just go get your vaccine. And look what's going on now. It literally just dropped that Biden's yeah. uh, Health and Human Services Department paid them a billion dollars, not individually, but overall to all of these news organizations, all of these media outlets, and then some, uh, some online outlets as well, just to push vaccines, just to push vaccines on people. It is paid propaganda, Absolutely ridiculous paid propaganda. It's it, it. so you they said orchestrated death. So you said your son wanted to play baseball and join the Air Force, and I appreciate that because yeah. I'm glad he didn't join the Army because uh, then I I might have something else to say. But um, I wish he did join the Air Force because yeah, that's yeah. the best route to go. I'm I'm, I'm regular I'm regular Army. Same here. Um, I, I'm just I'm I'm proud of him that he wanted to join the Air Force because the Army is not the way to yeah. go. But that part of it, no. um, what what else did your son? Uh, I mean, he was your son do? He, he was what, proud of his country. See, the thing is, like I said, I always taught my son how to, because, I mean, I always took him, uh, taught him gun safety. He has, a, he has his own rifles and everything. And he was a marksman. So, and he would always ask me, Dad, why do we have these guns? I said, because the world's going to come to hell one day. And we're going to need them to hunt, to eat. And we may eventually have to use it to protect our own country. I said, you know, I always taught him that. I always taught him how to be a man. You, we need to be proud of our country and we need to fight for our country. I always told him that. And I didn't know it was going to be this soon because that's what I feel like we're doing. We're, ha we're to the point where we have to fight for our own country. We have to win our government back. It's just, it's getting too crazy out there. So we would always go out to the gun range on the weekends or fishing because he loved to fish. I mean, he'll sit out there. We'd sit out there for hours at a time. He would never tell me, I'm tired. Let's go home. No. I had to tear him away from the rod and reel because he loved to fish so much. Camping, we used to go camping all the time and we always had our rifles and he would tell me he wanted to go hunting, you know, shoot a rabbit or whatever. I said, look, the only thing is whatever you shoot, you have to eat. That's all I got to say. So man, he loved it because any, any food, any animal that we killed, he knew our barbecue for us. You know, so, I mean, we, we just had a, a real good bond. Because like uh, I've said before, I, I never knew my father. So I don't know what it's like to have a father. And I swore my son would never feel that. I always wanted my son to know what a father's love was. That's why I, we always did everything together. I'd be outside working on cars. He'd be right there next to me learning. Or if motorcycles, anything I was doing, he was always there to learn. He, he wanted to learn everything I knew. So, I mean, and then baseball, that was his favorite thing because even when COVID hit, he would do lap two laps every evening uh, here in the subdivision just because he wanted to stay fit for when he got to, back to play baseball. He was, uh, I mean, he was wonderful, man. I mean, every, like I said, everybody that met him, and they, they really loved him. And I always got so many compliments from, you know, because of my son, that, that's such a good person. He was always full of smiles. Never, you never seen him unhappy. You never seen him down. Like I say, you know, I, I wasn't rich, but you know, we had, you know, he had everything he needed. He he never lacked. He never asked me for money because what did he need money for? He had everything before he could even ask me to buy it. You know, I mean, I never, I didn't really spoil him, but we always had food. You know, he never. I had to force him to go buy clothes. He was the type of child that. I looked at him one day and his pants uh, were kind of short. I said, hey, what are you doing? And I, you got to get back in and change. He goes, what, Dad? I said, you, you're going to school. You look like Michael Jackson. You know, your, your pants are too short. So, you know, because he never wanted me to spend money. I would have to take him force, forcefully and buy him clothes every, uh, every couple of weeks. You know, but that's the kind of child he was. Even when, like, birthdays. I'd give him $100 because if I buy him a gift, it might not be the gift he wants. So I'd give him cash. That way he could buy whatever he wanted. So his birthday, I'd give him $100, his Christmas. Next thing I know, this kid has four, five, $600 saved up. 
because he didn't want to spend. You know, so, I mean, he was just, he was a wonderful kid. He never wanted $200 pairs of shoes or, you know, name brand shirts and pants. He was never like that. He was, you know, he was real humble. He, he, he was just, he was a one, like I said, I can't say it enough. He was wonderful. So after, asked for a better child. So after Senator Johnson's hearing, have you heard anything else from Senator Johnson? I mean, is there something else that's come up that like they've actually said, hey, look, this is where we're going. This is where this is at. Or was I mean, because what I'm what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is I'm not sure if what Senator Johnson did was like just a political thing. Like he brought all of you to D.C. just to talk in front of the cameras. And then the second the cameras are off, you guys went back about your way and nothing else is going to be done about this. That's where my number one concern is. My second concern is if he promised you something, well, see, I want to hold his feet to the fire. If he promised you that he was going to get to the bottom of this, I want to stay at his doorstep, knocking on his door going, OK, when are you going to take care of uh, Mr. Ramirez's problem with his son? Uh, what, what are you going to do about it? I, I, this is the type of thing. This is where... I, I guess where we have a platform like this, where we can start asking the big question, like, Hey, where are you at? Not letting him forget that he promised you something. Yes. Well, see the thing is, like I said, he, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, defeat the mandates. When we were at the Lincoln Memorial, I was, uh, there on the steps and somebody walked up to me, baseball cap, sunglasses, trench coat. <clears throat> they said, hello, Mr. Ramirez. How are you doing? And he goes, you remember me? And I shook his hand. I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. And uh, he looked at me and he told me, it's me, Senator Johnson. He took off his sunglasses and took off his hat. I didn't. He was in disguise, but he, you know, he stepped up to me, you know, to greet me, which made me feel good. And uh, like, I've seen him speaking in front of the president, and he mentioned me, my son, and little Maddie. You know, he was throwing it out there, trying to get something done about this. And naturally, the president had no comment. He had nothing to respond to. So I've had, I've heard him speaking in front uh, of the uh, president and in front of Congress a few times. And he did mention us all, uh, quite a bit. But as you know, he's the only one that I've known that steps up, that tries to do something. I mean, like I've said too, this is our government. We elected them for our best interest, to watch out for our best interest. They don't care. I mean, not one of them has spoke up about what's going on or what's happening to all of uh, everyone. You know, they are. Uh, they're only worried about themselves. And that's what I told them in front of Senator Johnson, too. I said, I'm sorry, but, you know, what we need to do is clean house. We need to get all these people up, out and get somebody that is going to worry about us, is going to take care of us, because that is naturally their job. They're supposed to be our voices and for our benefit, not their own gain. You know, so. so like I said, I, he's the only one I've seen step up so far, and I do hear him speak every, every time around. I don't know if it's just because we're there close, because I don't, I don't live in D.C. and I'm, I don't live in uh, Wisconsin either. But I do, I have been off, uh, asked to go up there with him quite a bit, but, you know. I mean, financially, it's kind of hard, and I have to work. You know, I can't be up there in Wisconsin every time he has a board meeting or other things. But I do sit in on a lot of his uh, his webinars mm -hmm. just to hear what he has to say. So I have two questions for you, Ernest. Um, first off, you're talking about when FEMA asked you to change the death certificate and list the death as COVID. That is fraud. Yep. Right. Yes, ma'am. And we've discussed, um, you know, Ed Dowd has come out with Brooke Jackson, and I have a copy of Brooke Jas Jackson's lawsuit here as well. Um, she was the uh, whistleblower that worked for a subcontractor of Pfizer uh, that was in charge of the clinical trials, and they they were so badly mismanaged these trials. Um, that patients were being unblinded, their charts were being hung up where everyone could see them so that everyone knew if they had the placebo or the actual jab. And of course, in you know blinded 
clinical trials right there. That's horrible. They weren't following up with adverse events. In fact, they were kicking people out of the trials after having adverse events. And when Brooke brought this to the FDA and asked for an investigation, they're supposed to respond within 90 days. They pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off. Um, so now it's been almost two years and she finally essentially gave up and she wasn't speaking out about it because it, there was supposed to be an ongoing investigation and trial. Now she's given up. She's going a different route and um, she is speaking out about it. And uh, she's been working with Ed Dowd, who's uh, formerly of BlackRock. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has been bringing up the fraud aspect of it because... Of course, we all know that the vaccine manufacturers are immune from any kind of liability unless fraud can be proven, unless deliberate malice can be proven. And in, in which case, they, she, she brings up some really big points here. And Janet, I know you're going to jump all over this, but uh, fabrication and falsification of blood draw information, vital science signatures, and other essential, cl essential clinical trial data, enrollment uh, and injection of ineligible clinical trial participants, including uh, Ventiva employees and family members, failure to timely remove ineligible patients data from trial, uh, failure to maintain temperature control for the vaccine issue, failure to monitor patients after inject injection required by trial protocol, uh, principal investigator oversight failures, use of qualified and untrained personnel and vaccinators and laboratory personnel, failure to maintain the blind as required, which is essential for the credibility and validity of the observer blind clinical trial. Uh, ethical violations such as uh, failure to secure inf informed consent and in giving patients unapproved compensation, improper injection of vaccine, i.e. by over-diluting vaccine concentrate or using the wrong size needle, failure to ensure the trial site staff were properly trained and required by good clinical practices, safety and confidential confidentialities, including HIPAA violations, and other violations of clinical trial protocol, FDA regulations, and uh, federal acquis um, acquisition regulations and DOD supplements. Yeah, that's huge. That is a huge lawsuit. Um, so my question, Ernest, that any of the lawyers that, that you've spoken with, have they broached the subject of a fraud case with you? Um, anything like that? I just have one. Uh, well, I had spoke to one attorney in the beginning. He He's in charge of uh, the nurses from Methodist Hospital. But the thing is, that's what I figured. Uh, I have nothing to do with Methodist Hospital, and I am not a nurse. And I, I guess he was overwhelmed with what he has going on, and mine is something totally different. So I got a, a local attorney here. Yeah, he asked me. He said, "You need help, and I want to try to, you know, help you as best I can." He's a pretty good, a pretty large lawyer, lawyer here. He handles uh, people with money, and he told me, you know, it's not going to cost you nothing. We're going to try to go at this best we can. So you know. Uh, He's saying, you know, he's trying to go after certain, uh, I guess, the health department, uh, some other forms of the government to try to get them directly. But like I said, you know, there's really nothing no one else can actually do because they, they're they protected. And like I said, you know, well, the thing is, money's not going to bring my son back. But at the same time, too, I think this is the only way these people can be affected in, in financially. That's the only way you can hurt them. And you know, so yes, I would like to uh, start a lawsuit. I would like to take their money, and at the same time, I, that their money I would like to use to fight, still keep fighting them. That's not going to shut shut me up. The only reason I wanted money was to make my son happy, take him places. Yeah, now no. I don't need no money. What do I need it for? I'm I'm thinking more like and, jail. Uh, the thing is too. Yeah, yes, but the thing is, like a lot of people are saying, they this should happen to them. I said, no, I don't want nothing bad like that to happen. I want them to be convicted and to be sentenced. I want them to suffer in jail so they can think about what they've done day after day. Like I have to suffer day after day. I don't want to wake up in the morning because <sighs> what what I'm going through, <clears throat> and uh, I don't, you know, I don't feel like going to work. But I have to, you know, even though, because I'm worried about if I'm on top of a machine working and I have a breakdown, you know, 
I may fall or something, and you know, I, I work alone, so nobody's gonna know if anything happens to me or not. Like I said, you know, I mean, I no longer worry about death because I know if I do die, I'm gonna go see, I'm gonna see my son. You know, like I, I tell everyone, I don't. I went through that suicidal moment after this happened, but then like I changed, made my peace with God, and I changed my direction to fight for Him. That's why I always tell everybody too, especially when I'm being videotaped. I do not plan on doing myself any harm because I know my government. I know our government now. I said, so I'll, I'll let people know I don't plan on doing myself harm. I have a fight to fight and I'm not going to stop until this comes to an end. So if anything was to happen to me, it's not of my own doing. And, and I know and I understand that they're going to try to find one way or another to shut me up because, you know, I, I feel like I'm the only parent standing up speaking yelling and i know there's more out there maybe they're upset grieving i know two more fathers that one in canada and one in indiana they contacted me they were suicidal you know and i talked luckily i talked them down they're real good guys i talked them down i said you can't do that that's one of the biggest sins there is and you need to stay straight so you can go to heaven now these guys have their wives and other children you know, I, if anyone should feel like that, I should because, I mean, I'm home alone. I mean. All right. I, oh, I think we lost yeah. Ernest for a second. Just for a second. Okay. I'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's. um. That's a rough story right there. It is. You know, I, I always bring the, the tear jerkers on. Me. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, always <laughs> welcome. Um, no, he's back there, there we go. Ernest, Ernest is back. Yeah, somebody, somebody doesn't want me. They don't want me to talk to you. I tell you my, my last question, Ernest is, uh, do you have any plans to run for office? Especially in Texas. Cause I think you're about, you're, you're about, uh, you're probably about the hundredth person that asked me that good. Everyone tells me, uh, I should run for office. And I, I keep telling them, you know what? I was never into politics because they're a bunch of liars. They promise you the world. And once they get into office, they forget what they told you. And I tell them, you know what? I'm not into politics. Uh, but everyone tells me that's why you need to run. That's, that's exactly why run. like everyone else is. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I would, you know, you know what? I, I thought about that. I seriously did think about it quite a bit because I figured I, I, like I said, I don't need money. You know, what do I need money for? It's just me by myself. It was everything I worked and everything I did was for my son. You know, yeah, and, uh, now you're so doing I figured it. if I could do that, I could help other people. Now you're like, doing it for you know, all the Texas. That's exactly yeah, for all doing. these all, all these vaccine victims. I mean, yep. like I said, all that if I could if I could get a million a billion dollars, it would go to them because they have to pay the stuff out of pocket. And if our own government, they should you know let's keep these people quiet and we can pay their medical. You know, use your head. Let's try to shut them up by helping them. You know, after you did the damage, help them, and maybe they won't make so much noise. But they're not helping them. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Whatever I could do, any financial gain I could do, I would love to help. Be able to help little Maddie, Rianne, Steph, Kyle. I mean, Joel. I can keep on. I know so many of them. They're, they're like I said, they're like family to me now. And you know, like you said, you're correct. If I figured if I could get up there in, in a good position. I could actually push and help somebody. I mean, help these people and maybe eventually try to yell louder and more people will get, you know, get more attention where people will not do this to their children. Because like I said, they're just growing up. Their body is just developing and, you know, give them a chance to fully develop. And if they choose to do this, but see, that's a bad thing because even grown ups are being affected by this damn poison they're putting in their body. I yeah, mean, you know, if I was, you know, if I could be in that position, that that would be something. I wouldn't even know where to start, though, to be honest. Well, we may know some people. If you're really interested, um, we may know some people that can help you out with that. Um, well, but but you're, the, you know, the, the, if I could do more good, yes, of course. Um, you're you're right about it affecting everyone. There's, uh, let's see, the beginning of the year, it came out that the overall mortality rate increased by 40% in 2021, 40%. Um, so the CEO of One America, which is a life insurance company, um, 
said that the overall increase was a one in 200 year event. If there was an overall increase of 10% in overall mortality, it would be a one in 200 year event. And we're seeing an overall increase in mortality of 40%. And that's with a lag. So not everything's been reported yet. Um, yes. Or reported accurately. Yeah. That matter. They're estimating yeah. that a million people, close to a million people have died from the vaccines in the United States in 2021. That's more people yeah. than died from COVID. Uh, this Pfizer data, Pfizer data that came out showed a 3% mortality rate in the first three months of yep. giving the shot. A 3% mortality rate and a 90% adverse reaction rate. So um, does anyone remember what the mortality rate of COVID was? <laughs> anyone? Less than point, uh, point 0.19, wasn't it? At 0.03. 0.03. Okay. 0.03. It was depending on the age. So it was between... Um, it, it was between point 0.1 So essentially the mortality rate for the vaccine is higher than... The Three, a thousand times higher. Yep. Literally a thousand times higher. You are a thousand times more likely to die from the vaccine than you are to die from COVID. Why are we doing this to everybody? Not just to our children, to everybody. Why are they doing this to everybody? Isn't that the ultimate question? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, so, and at the same time, it, if you don't believe the insurance companies, the funeral companies... Third quarter results, carriage services announced a 12.6% higher increase in third quarter of 2021 than the third quarter of 2020. That is the uh, one of the biggest, as they call it, death service companies. Um, same thing in, uh, let's see, one of the other major death companies, as it were. Um, they're, they're looking between, uh, a 15 and 40% increase in profits in funeral homes and, and overall death services. So that lines up with what the insurance companies are paying out. So we are seeing a 40% increase in death and in overall mortality, non COVID related. That's insane. That's insane. So yeah. when you extrapolate that out and you, we keep giving people these jabs, um, that's, that's the, the short-term effects. What are the long-term effects going to be in five to 10 years? What's, what's the death rate going to look like then? How many people are going to be left? Yes, that's it. exactly. That's because I, I, to be honest, I was vaccinated also. And that's why I keep okay. telling them I need to keep fighting. I need to go do as much as I can while I'm here. Cause I don't know what tomorrow brings. I have to do as much as I can now. That's why if, wherever they call me, wh whoever calls me, whoever asks to speak to me, that's why I, I go. I try to do as much as I can now while I'm here. Cause I, you know, like I said, I may not have a month, two months or an another year. I just want, I need to do as much as I can now to date. Well, sir, uh, we appreciate you, you coming on, uh, telling us your story or letting us tell your story. Um, and uh god bless you and uh, serious if you if you look to run in the future uh you got a lot of people that'll stand behind you i got to tell you there's there's a lot of us there's a lot more of us out there than what you think there's a lot more people that are asking the same questions you're asking why are we doing this what the hell is going on why do i see people taking the jab i mean i, I can't tell you how many patients i've treated in you know the last six to eight months that I sat there and when we drew their blood, I saw what came out in the vial and I was like, Oh, wait a minute, hold the freaking phone. That's not the way blood's supposed to look, especially when you're just drawing blood for somebody for a normal blood draw. And then you ask them, were you vaccinated? Yeah. And they say, yep, sure was. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a blood shortage and only people, unvaxxed people can donate blood. Yeah. If you're vaccinated, you can't donate blood. But you know, what's, what's the deal there? You know, I mean, if you're vaccinated, you can't donate blood. You can't uh, donate your uh, organs to other, another per family member or anything. You have to be unvaxxed. You know, so that defeats all. Yeah, they won't do what we're doing. They won't perform surgery on you unless you are vaccinated, yeah. which I find really yeah. interesting. Right. You need that heart. You need that heart that that kid is going to donate to you. You can't get it because you're not vaccinated. But if you're vaccinated, yeah. you're going to die huh? from it yeah, with it. Exactly. And now pediatricians are refusing to sign off on physicals of children who've been vaccinated unless they do an EKG first. Hmm. Yeah. 
They have to go through extensive testing, go through an EKG in order for um, some pediatricians to sign off on physicals because they don't want to be held liable. They can't, if this, they sign off on a physical on a kid and he drops dead on the baseball field um, mm -hmm. or the football field or the soccer field. Yeah. Soccer's a big one. You know, soccer is the most cardio intensive sport there is. Soccer's what's killing kids right now. And it's, it's crazy. Um, and these pediatricians don't want to be held liable for it because that they're putting their medical license and their lives on the line. And, you know, it, there's a reason why it's been pharmacy techs giving these shots and not so many doctors. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, either way, we really do appreciate having you on, sir. Um, we know you got another, you got more of your day you got to do. So uh, yeah. we're going to let you go, but we appreciate you being here. And we appreciate you telling us your story. Yes. And I'll be in touch as Thank well, you. because I know a lot of our friends are going to want to talk to you as well. A lot of our podcasting friends. Sure. <laughs> uh, no, but it, Me. It, it, I'm, you can give out my number, my number to people. I'd love to speak to anybody. If you parents, a politician, please. I'd love to speak to a politician. You I got face to face. I don't want to do a Zoom call. I want to see them face to face. So you know, we need Absolutely. to we need to do something. Like I said, I mean, that's all I have. This is my job now. This is my fight. So I mean, oh, I, I can stay here and grieve every day and not do anything. Let 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 you worry about you. You know, but that's not me. You know, that's not the way I raise my son. That's not the way I'm going to be. I'm I'm here for the long fight. That's it. Well, we appreciate it, sir. Yeah. We really do. We we and, need uh, we need more people like you. Hopefully, just not with the same circumstances to give them the oh, same. Yes. Now, no, yeah. now that you say that, now that you say that, you're reminding me of something. Uh, we need to get, reach out to the the men. We need. They're supposed to be the leaders of their family. I've met a lot of women that are in here doing this fight, backing everything up that we're trying to do. Not very many men. We need. You know, you, you're the king of the house. You need to stand up, whether you have children or not. You, every uh, every man needs to stand up and help us fight. Also, I just need to add that, throw that in there. You know, because I'm fighting for your child. I lost mine, but I'm still here fighting for yours. You know, come on. You know, let's get all get in together. Not, don't depend on the women to do all the work. We need some yeah. of the men to stand up too. We need more testicular so, fortitude all around. Yes. So I was just wanted to throw that in there, and I appreciate y'all. Like I said, you're more than welcome to contact me anytime. Yes, sir. We'll Thank do. you, Ernest. We appreciate it, Ernest. Very much. Have a good All day. Right. Thank All you. right. Thanks for coming on. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.